Welcome to the WrestleBall Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is Joseph Ty. Joining alongside me is my good friend, Mark Belraj, and it is a beautiful Sunday afternoon. It is beautiful. A day removed from AEW Revolution. Uh, we watched that last night, and it was a lot of fun, actually. Some of the most fun we've had watching a wrestling pay-per-view in some time. So I think we'll start off with some wrestling today and then head on over to basketball. Uh, it's been a little while since we talked about wrestling because we did have our good friend uh, Kern Doc, on uh, our Doctor Badwell, yeah, on our podcast last week. So that was all basketball talk. But this week we want to get to some wrestling, and a lot has happened. Let's start off with AEW because it's fresh in our minds. Um, let's go with the first match that I can remember of the night. Uh, that would be well, obviously SEU versus SEU versus Dark, the Dark, Dark Order. Order. Yeah. Not really. No, well, they, yeah. they, had, they had teased. It was a decent match, but it wasn't really. They had teased. There's been a lot of talk about the Dark Order showing their leader. Yeah. And obviously, AEW listening to fans played on that with Christopher Daniels mm-hmm. coming out in the with the kid. Did that a few end. nights. I mean, not a few nights, sorry, a few times. Yeah. Uh, even in the Hangman Page uh, match. Yeah, but we'll they talk teased about that a lot of things, yeah. Um, that was pretty cool that they teased it. Um, they're, obviously, they are self-aware of what's going on in social media and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the match was okay, uh, but obviously nothing really happened in terms of uh, exposing who is the leader of the Dark Order. If not actually, that it would really matter, but not that it would really matter. But obviously, if it's Matt Hardy, that's gonna be that's gonna be it's some big news. news. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna that's gonna hit some headlines. Um, and if you uh, I saw on Reddit, uh, they did a couple of things that kind of teased it. Obviously, when uh, Christopher Daniels came in to help them out. Everyone thought that might be the, the leader, but obviously it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. But also, one of the guys in the Dark Order did the delete sign. I don't know if you caught that. I did. Yeah. Well, they also said in one of their promos uh, that you guys are something, I believe it's obsolete. In one of their promos, I guess on Thursday, leading up to the pay-per-view. Oh, okay. okay. So they did use Matt Hardy's phrase, which... Uh, so let's see what happens. I think Matt Hardy is still under contract with the WWE. So apparently, the, yeah, the rumor I'm hearing about that is that WWE wants... They're trying to lure him to stay by saying that he'll work with the up-and-coming talent in NXT, which would obviously opening, open him up to a lot more opportunities, yeah, yeah. probably title fights and, and whatnot. Which That's actually not a good. great idea because you already done that with Finn Balor. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense that now we've seen the, the and Charlotte as well as going back to NXT to, to um, I think she fought Bianca Blair the other day, mm-hmm. uh, but she's obviously uh, gunning for uh, Rhea Ripley, but... I, I think it's the you're, you've already set a precedent that WWE wrestlers can go to NXT, and uh, I think Matt Hardy would be an awesome addition to NXT if they did do that. Yeah, um, I think he's pretty stale at this point. He could stay. Honestly, if I were him, I'd probably stay and just make the money because it's a little oh, easier. You think so, eh? Yeah, it's he. He's pretty stale either way. You bring him to the Dark Order for what? What is he really gonna do? Well, here's he can't the really thing, push though. Matt Hardy. What, what I would say about Matt Hardy is, does he really need the money? Uh, probably not. He's got the the Hardy compound, which looks like an awesome place to live and yeah. train and do whatever you want. Um, so I don't know if he exactly needs the money. If he doesn't, then AEW is the way to go, right? Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, we saw the salaries for WWE. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's low- hard to say no to. Yeah. Like if you're a guy like, um, who 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 who's that guy? Titus O'Neil. Titus O'Neil, exactly. You're making four three hundred four hundred thousand dollars. How do, how do you say no to that, yeah. right? And when, like, the top talents in AEW would be making that much exactly, money. Exactly, yeah, so. yeah. 
Um, so that was the, I guess, the pre-show for AEW, and then um, I, I guess the the first uh, the match Jake, after that was Jake, Jake Hager, Hager versus uh, Dustin Rhodes. The natural Dustin. Um, what'd you think of that one? I, I don't remember too much because I think this is when we started to ramp up our partying a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it um, was boring. I think Jake Hager is a little boring, eh? He's extremely boring. I was really hoping that he would step up from his WWE. Well, he was good in WWE as a was wrestler. He? Yeah, he was, was decent. He? he was well. He's better than he. Well, he appeared better in, uh, in my opinion, in WWE than he I appeared mean, he, in his first match. But there. in WWE, you got to remember too. He had that uh, his his manager too with him. He really didn't know promos in WWE. He didn't have, and, and he's not really doing promos now. He's just sort of like hand behind his back. Yeah. But at least you, if you were gonna spin it and say, you know, he's an undefeated MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. You should have spun it that way, and that the and way he fought and an NCAA wrestler and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, like yeah. you should have spun it that way. You should have let him do a little ground and pound. Let him do some suplexes. Like he should have been taken. He should have taken the natural to Suplex City, and done some just just to get the guys going. But it was a terribly boring match. He did it from a heel perspective, which is basically slowing down the match, doing yeah. uh, submission holes that won't actually win you matches. It'll, yeah. This is more for hurting Dustin, but it didn't really look like he was hurting. And Dustin's Dustin a guy either. we know can go. We've seen him matches. Yeah. Well, he previous. looks great at a 50. I think he's 50 years old. Yeah, he's in his mid 50s. Probably. He's lost some weight. He looks really good. He probably looks, you know, some I, of the best. Yeah, and I, I, gotta, I have time. to agree with you. I think if you got to blame anyone, it's got to be Jake Hager. I, it's, I really yeah, don't well, think he for, took that next him. step. No. All he does is he fixes his hair and, and, and does yeah, his it was, submissions. It was, and stuff. it was forgettable. I can see why we are we ramped up the partying. <laughs> it's pretty uneventful so let's move on uh, uh of course uh, for those of you that don't know uh jake jake uh, jake hager won yeah uh, with estimation submission yeah, yeah but he knocked him out so, let's, so. Let's it is on. what it is again it was the pre-show so you're not expecting too much during the pre-show yeah. as far as no, pre-shows that wasn't go pre-show. that was a start oh that was a start that was a start yeah but that was, that was the first match of the night, or was that there... was the first match of the night? Yeah, so yeah. we can consider a pre-show yeah. comparatively to like other WWE events. It's not too bad. Yeah. Um, that said, AW we're putting on another level because we expect more of them. Yeah. Um, well, they have to be good. They have no choice but to be good, or they suffer, right? So. That's that's true. Uh, so let's move on from them. Okay. Next match, what do we got? Darby versus Sammy Guevara, which was an excellent match. A lot of great Woo! spots. Sammy G. Yeah. Okay, first of all. You know I love Sammy G yeah, because of his antics. Yes, but that dude can wrestle. Well, he can sell us. He, he can, can sell like crazy. Sell. That sell he did with uh, Matt Jackson, give him the super kick off the top rope, where he just mm. completely. I didn't actually falls. see that, but then I saw that in the promo. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was a good it was sell. Amazing. It was a good sell. Um, but let's talk. Oh man, I don't even know where to start with this match because that obviously the highlight of the night I think was the what was it a five. 40 that Tell he did onto, off, the table, off, yeah. onto the table. Yeah. And he hit Guevara. Yeah. That was amazing. It was a good match. It was by two young guys that are super athletic. Yeah. Um, they're willing to sell. They're very cooperative and they're good good in the ring. Yeah. Um, it was a good match for to see from the young guys that are, you know, 22, 23 years old, maybe younger. That's right. Um, so I was really, it was really exciting to see these guys uh, and hopefully... Um, and obviously, these guys are like smaller guys too. So they yeah. got to do high flying spots and yeah. all of that stuff. But... Yeah. Uh, like all in all, the storytelling, everything about that match was really it was good. good. Um, Darby did end up winning. Darby ended up which winning. Which I, at f- going into the match, I did say that I, I thought Darby should have won, but actually, after seeing the match, Guevara deserved the victory. So uh, hopefully, this propels Guevara 
just because of Darby's personality that I kind of well, I, I, like. I think that's the thing you got to take into consideration as well is where they are. Like, Sammy Guevara is just the henchman for Jericho at this point, and Darby Allen is trying to do his own thing. So I understand why Darby Allen won, uh, but I agree with you that in terms of like, well, I get a lot of respect for him. Sammy Guevara. Did some major damage yesterday. Yeah. Well, he did. He did. He. He defined why he deserves to be in mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. inner circle. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I gained a lot of respect for him the last week, including that spot with uh, Matt Jackson from the Young Bucks. Oh, so, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a true consummate. Uh, whenever he's, you know, whenever they're jumping somebody and then for whatever reason the face beats up, you know, the guys in the gang, he always sells it so hard and yeah. does it so well. So it uh, really reminds me of... Uh, well, he, he's uh, just like who's really top of the line, blue collar worker, right? Yeah. So um, he wasn't obviously like, he's not the physically most gifted person, but on the mic, he's good. In the ring, he's good. Yeah. He sells good. Like everything about him, he just works hard. Yeah, right? I, I say this match was more of a soul on uh, Guevara's character than it was for Darby. Darby Allen's the same dude. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I think... In terms of this match, both those guys elevated themselves, but definitely Sam Guevara, just Sam yeah. G looked good. He, he looked, looked really good. Yeah. yeah, he looked really good. Uh, so let's see what they do with him in the future because obviously he's a bit of a lighter guy. Yeah. Um, it'll be hard to push him as a title contender, but who knows, you know. Yeah. If, if they're making, you know, MJF a guy that's at that upper echelon, and MJF's not really that big of a guy as well. No. Uh, he probably is a little bit bulkier, but I think he's probably shorter than he's, Sammy G. Yeah, he's shorter, yeah. So who knows what Sammy G can do in the future, but yeah. looks good. Um, so great match there. And I got I got to say, before we continue, AEW as a whole was really good last night. It was really good, yeah. It yeah. was really enjoyable uh, the entire way through. And I guess starting with the Kenny Omega, Adam Page Woo! versus the Young Bucks. So I browsed Reddit this morning, and everybody, including Meltzer, is talking like, this is possibly one of the best matches, and, and especially tag matches of yeah. all time. Yeah, um, it was good from start to finish. It was good. It was really good. Yeah, a lot of spots. There's a lot of close calls. Match could have ended multiple times. All it took for was maybe for one mistake, uh, for the wrong call to be made. Um, so it was. Uh, it was good. It was and we, such yeah. a good match. And we, uh, we got to remember that too. was a 30 minute match these guys are all buddies so i can't imagine how many hours they put in to practice practicing with each other yeah you know what i mean like so to, for them to put on an excellent match like this i'm not surprised but at the same time it's just like wow it really even outdid the expectations that i had it really did yeah um and it was cool too because uh, obviously hangman page has issues with the young bucks but omega kenny omega he went all out. He had his little spurts against the, the Young Bucks, and, and, and they're, they're buddies too, right? So you're kind of thinking, you know, what exactly is he going to do? He gave them everything he had. Yeah. Uh, so I was uh, I was pretty happy with that match. Again, like you said, a lot of – they did a lot of things that you see in New Japan. And I, always, I know I always bring up New Japan, but, like, that storytelling is almost synonymous with New Japan, and, and they did it perfectly. Yep. It was good. It was a good match. Had great tag team components, and that's why everyone's saying, you know, yeah. arguably the best 
I haven't seen a tag team match like that in a very long time. And granted, a tag team match that didn't involve ladders, tables, or chairs. Yeah. Um, this was a straight up tag. Um, although there was, I think there was one spot where uh, Hangman and uh, Kenny were in the ring for like I don't even know, like five minutes, and like Matt Jackson or um, or uh, it was either Matt or Nick. They were on. They weren't allowed to come in the ring. They were just standing on the apron. It was like, well, what the hell's going on? You're supposed to get a five mm. count before you're, you know. Well, we could talk about the refing. It was a little. That was inconsistent there. Super inconsistent, and we'll talk about it later in the uh, John Moxley match. Or no, sorry, not the John Moxley match. Cody. The Cody Rhodes match. Yeah. Um, Audrey Edwards. We'll we'll get into that. But uh, mm. again, going back to this tag match, uh, and then the other thing we were talking about earlier in, in this podcast was uh, the teasing. And we saw what yeah. happened with Hangman Page at the end of that match. Mm-hmm. Looked like he was about to turn on Omega. Yeah. You think that's going to happen? or what when, he lose, when they lose the belt, it'll happen. You it'll, think it'll happen, and for it'll, sure. And it'll happen in the... Uh, le- probably, I would say it's going to happen leading up to the next pay-per-view. Yeah. What probably won't be in another three months or so. Right. Or two months, however they're doing it. Um, and he'll, they'll probably lose the belt. What I would assume would be to Young Bucks. Okay. And then Hangman will turn on probably Omega. Omega just to promote a fight there at some point. But then what do you do? So Hangman's if he turns, he's basically solo at that point. Yeah. Do you think he can carry himself as a solo superstar? Hangman? Yeah. I think he can, yeah. People really gravitate toward his cowboy shit. Yeah, I'm not really sold on it. I don't really like it because... Well, he's a good wrestler. He backs it up. He's a good fighter. Right? It's almost like a more gimmicky Stone Cold to me. Yeah, which is he is. You kept, you kept touting him on his vest that Stone Cold wanted. Yeah, back. that's right. Stone Cold wants his vest back. Uh, yeah. And his uh, trunks back. And his but it's, back. again, like I, like I said, I think it's just a little bit too gimmicky for me. At least Stone Cold was seriously like a mean dude. Well, basically... Hey, man, he... just more like drinks beer, and that's really all I get from him. Which is a Stone Cold vibe. Yeah. Again, there's a little bit of aggression with Stone Cold that I don't see in Hangman right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what you'll do because whoever fights, uh, whoever if if Kenny fight does end up fighting Hangman, which it looks like that's what they're uh, lining up for. Right. It'll probably be the winner faces whoever the champion is, which mm-hmm. is right now uh, John Moxley, which we'll get to in a second as well. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, great tag team match. All yeah, all in all, great match. Um, obviously, it's getting hype all over the internet. So it and it deserves it, and it's uh, rightfully so. Yeah. So, uh, let's see what happens with that. Uh, I was actually one of those guys who said, you know, this is the exact same thing they did in New Japan, mm-hmm. um, and they managed to actually exceed my expectations and make it something different. So yeah. I'm excited to see this, and I was completely wrong about that. So. Uh, let's move on to the next match. We've got well, Nyla Rose versus uh, Chris Statlander. It was whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was whatever in terms of storyline. I think the NX, uh, sorry, NXT AEW Women's Division needs to kind of Nish. sort itself out in terms yeah. of story. Uh, like you mentioned uh, last night, like Rio lost the title Real pretty fast. unexpectedly. Yeah, after being built up like yeah, pretty heavily. Yeah, forever. And then yesterday, you know, uh, Statlander lost, and uh, uh, Nyla is Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose. Yeah, yeah. and she won, and it was kind of like status quo. It didn't really do anything yeah. in terms of moving the storyline. Well, you push Chris Statlander so much, only to squash her. So it didn't. I like. I understand uh, Nyla Rose. I guess uh, uh, what they're trying to push with her, and I get it, and it's cool. Yep. Um, 
But, uh, I mean, she could have easily have beaten Rio at a pay-per-view to make it more epic. Instead, she beat her at a Dynamite when Rio really doesn't really fight, period, anyway. So, you kind of squashed Rio at the same time. So, you kind of squashed two and... I think, yeah, I think what it comes down to is just story. Yeah. It's just, they're the not... The story wasn't there. The story since the beginning of, you know, yeah. of the women's division hasn't yeah. really been there. Even when uh, which Rio is, was champion, I didn't really understand it. Which is weird because Britt Brit Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, who's uh, actually dentist in Miami or something like that, right. during the week, and then she she flies in for AEW one day a week, and she's also dating Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole, yeah. Adam Cole, baby, from NXT. <laughs> So uh, she's she looked like she was getting a push because she had this whole heel thing and people are really loving uh, the movement or the well, uh, storyline between her and uh, Tony Schiavone. And what the heck happened to um, um, Brandy Rhodes and yeah, I, I don't know the Awesome Kong. So Awesome Kong, I think, got legit injured. Okay. Um, and then Brandy Rhodes, the last storyline we saw with her is that she goes to a psychiatrist. And she's seeing her for something. So she gets better? It. Is that what they're doing? Because like, I feel like Brandy Rhodes has two characters right now. She does have two characters. She has her Cody's with wife. That, yeah, exactly. Cody's and yesterday and she was literally movie. a cheerleader yesterday. Yeah. And and when she's with Awesome Kong, obviously she's this leader, kind of villain leader. leader. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really understand what AEW is doing with their women's division. As far as the match goes, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was it a was decent okay. match. Yeah. Um, you know, better... I would say average to better than average. Uh, but again, when you don't really have a story behind it, it, it just didn't seem to matter. Um, but that said, it has nothing to do with the wrestlers itself. Again, they put on a show and they did all right. Yeah. Um, I just don't think the story is there. So yeah. uh, let's see what AEW does moving forward. Uh, but yeah, let's go to the next match. What do yeah, we got? Well, moving on with this more storytelling uh, match. Uh, MJF with Wardlow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Versus Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson and Randy Rhodes. Yes. This was another about 25-minute match. Well, first off, let's get the negatives out of the way. Cody Rhodes, what the heck did you do to your neck there? Yeah, that was not good. There's also, a goal- please tell me you did not pay for that live band. Oh, my good, Everything besides the match, like that entrance, mm-hmm. was horrible. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Um, and, and to be fair, they're getting a lot of flack online. A lot of people are talking about the live band was sucking, uh, which is true. They were pretty bad. Um, and he has a pretty icon- – like, his theme song is not bad. It's no, just the live version. Bad, yeah, yeah, the live version just was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that neck tattoo. My goodness, what were you thinking? Yeah, it's a skull with the American flag. It's like I, Yeah, I think it's supposed to represent the American Nightmare. Nightmare Foundation Dream. Whatever he wants, yeah, but it just it didn't work. You're like you're not even tatted as it is. If you're tatted and you got a neck tattoo, that makes sense. But if that's like your second tattoo, come yeah, on, dude. It looks pretty bad. Yeah, it looks pretty out of place. Yeah. Um, so I'm surprised he got it, but it, it is, is what, what it, it is. is. It has nothing to do with his wrestling abilities. We're just nitpicking at this point. But going to the match itself, I thought it was a good match. It was a good match. Uh, a lot of good elements. Um, I didn't expect him to lose. I thought he would win, but he's been losing to everybody, so I guess I'm not really too surprised. Yeah. Um, Co- uh, not Cody. Uh, MJF? MJF uses the ring, punches him out, knocks him out cold, and then pins him, which is a great heel move. I thought if you are going to go do with an anyway. MJF win... Yeah, that's the way you do it. This is the way you do it. This but you didn't way- really know. We kind of just saw him get punched in the face, and... 
like I didn't know. And then like uh, Jr. and those guys are like, oh, he used the ring. He used yeah because like I could could not tell. That's the cameras kind the cameras kind of screwed up. And I can't imagine what it would have been like to be a live audience member. Yeah, uh, you, you wouldn't have known. You would have like a straight yeah, punch to the true. face. That's yeah. true. Um, that said, like. Like I said, I think that's the perfect way for MJF to win, and I think that's the perfect way to extend the storyline, mm-hmm. right? So, because uh, obviously we know Cody Rhodes isn't gonna vie for the title anytime soon because of that stipulation, yeah. um, and the buildup obviously to this match with the the belt whips, the the, yeah. ca- the steel cage match with Warlow, which only for him to lose, which is, right? So, which like, again, he did the same thing with Chris Jericho. We had this great story buildup. Then he had the great promo of the hard times, only to lose. But that wasn't his fault because of NJF. And I guess, again, because of MJF, MJF cheating. Yeah, and I liked it. I see you're kind of on the fence on that. Yeah. Um, I liked it, man. I, you know I'm a big fan of MJF. Um, and I thought, again, this is the best way for him to win. And the match itself was good. Yeah, really match was good. good yeah. MJF was bloody as hell. He took a big... I, I obviously, it was a work cut, but... Yeah. Um, Surprised Cody didn't bleed. Cody's like go to is now bleeding, and he didn't bleed. Well, yeah. Well, I think the way they build the match was we all thought Cody was gonna win. He got his whips in with the belts, and whoever got whoever the lucky audience member who got his belt. By the way, that's pretty awesome. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that he threw that belt out there, and somebody actually got to keep that momentum. But uh, going back to the match, it was even as you're watching the match, you're thinking Cody's gonna win. Yeah. And then he loses, and he loses in such a perfect heel way. Yeah. Um, again, it was a good match. I can't particularly remember any of the spots or anything like that, but I, I do remember it being a good match, and I do re- obviously remember the ending. Um, it's great for MJF for his career, yeah. but for Cody, you don't really. Where do where do you go from here? Do you challenge MJF again? I think so. I think months? you carry the storyline around because again. Just have a really bloody storyline. Eventually, Cody Rhodes is going to vie for that title. And then he's going to have to make up some crazy storyline as to why he's going against that stipulation, right? Um, So I think you need to prolong that a little. You can't be so soon where he moves on to the next storyline. I think he needs to go with MJF a little bit longer. And who knows? Maybe actually MJF comes out on top and is the one who goes for the title after this. Um, against uh, D, um, John Moxley. John Moxley, somebody who I knows. Don't know. I don't know what you have to do with, but we'll talk about that in a second. And you heard what John Moxley said uh, uh, during his—I don't know if it was his post-match or, or um, it wasn't televised on the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. but he said basically that he wants to fight the best, and just because he made a uh, Cody Rhodes made a deal with MJF doesn't mean that uh, you know he doesn't want to fight him. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, Let's see what happens, but again, that match was good. Uh, Cody Rhodes lost, obviously. MJF, it's status quo as usual. I don't think anything changed in that storyline. Yeah. But it was a good match. It was a good match. Uh, it was good. Yeah, so let's go on to the next one. What do we got there? The next match, um, I think it's right before. Oh, Pack. And, oh, we totally freshly squeezed. Yes, Pack and Fresh. Okay. Uh, you, you go ahead and start with this one, but. Yeah, I have some thoughts on this one, but yeah, um, this was uh, it was an interesting match. Uh, this is Orange Cassidy's first official match in AEW, which is a pay per view match, which I thought was F- official really solo one, right? Solo match, yeah. yeah, which I thought was a great move by AEW, just throwing it on the card last minute, mm-hmm. uh, right after obviously Pac had uh, lost an Iron Man. I think it was a thirty minute Iron Man 
to Kenny on uh, on uh, Dynamite. So I really thought, and I I'd looked, I looked, I haven't really seen too much from Freshly Squeezed Orange Cassidy, mm-hmm. um, but everyone had said online that he has a great move set and he's actually a really good wrestler. Yeah. On the contrary to what his attitude might present, the idea of him being a, a, as a wrestler in the ring. You're right. Um, but uh, in terms of the match itself. Yeah, but in terms of the match itself, uh, let down, in my opinion, from Orange Cassidy, about really great look for Pac, showing that his dominance is still there. I think a lot of people thought that Pac was going down the path of maybe not gonna like not gonna be able to succeed in AEW either. Right. So uh, he looked really good against yeah, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I I think at some point Orange Cassidy has to draw the line. Because uh, what we saw last night was Orange Cassidy had 20-second bursts where he actually looked really, really good. good at, yeah, and I mean, everything people were saying online about him being a, a good singles wrestler was true yeah. for 20 seconds. And then he get, proceeded to get beat down for five minutes. And it's like, I don't... He looked really amateurish. I And, and here's the thing. like I understand why. Like That's his gimmick. His gimmick is he doesn't care and he, and he does like... The bare minimum. I, I guess that's his He gimmick. doesn't try. Yeah, it's like, don't try. That's but, the gimmick. But when you see him try, he, He's really he good. can wrestle. So at what point do you say, hey, we got to stop the gimmick and we we need to wrestle? You probably don't because people love this gimmick. I don't know. Who well, who is it? Mick Foley or some, some, some clown saying that, oh, I don't really pay attention too much to wrestling. When Orange Cassidy's on TV, I pay attention. And, and we saw it. The crowd went absolutely went crazy, but... bonkers. And I get it, but at the same time, if I'm Orange Cassidy, I'm thinking, hey, I want to vie for a title one day. I want to be a, a main event star. I can't do it with this gimmick. No. And and we know he can wrestle. The like, thing is, again, you... that 20 seconds where he wrestled, you probably look good. You could do it with this gimmick. There are ways to do it, I'm sure, to be cool mm-hmm. and chill and still be a good wrestler, but you just... When you were doing moves that were like nonsensical and stuff like that, it's like, well, what do you think is gonna happen here? Mm-hmm. Pac's gonna beat the shit out of you, right? Yeah. That's his gimmick. Yeah, and that's so. the other thing too. Like, if, if Pac is doing this to you, what happens when you face John Moxley or you know a guy that's bigger? A than real Pac? wrestler, yeah. You know what I mean, well, Pac's a real wrestler. He's just he is smaller. a big. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He's a bit smaller than the, the any other guys. real wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, man. Yeah. I was disappointed because I do like Orange Cassidy's character. Everyone does. Everyone does. You're right. Um, but at the same time, he can wrestle. He, he had well, some you, bursts you last night where you can see, oh, man, this and, guy could be good yeah. if he just you allowed him to. And Pac is a guy that will give you those spots to make you look good. And you didn't, other than the five-minute bursts, you didn't do anything for him to be able to react to it. Yeah. And that's why, I, like, yeah, for the most part, you were getting your ass beat down. Yeah, and you yeah. weren't giving Pac much either. Like, yeah. you just let you just let your ass get beat. You get your five minute interval burst, and then that was it. You didn't really have, he didn't have much. Pac didn't have much to work with, so it, it was what it was. Yeah, right? and again, I don't think that's Orange Cassidy's fault. I just think that's this is how they're billing him. They're saying, hey, we want you to wrestle this way, where you put in twenty seconds of offense and get your ass kicked for five minutes. Yeah, and it's kind of like, man, you're you're basically handcuffing. And handcuffing yourself so I don't know let's see what happens I'm still a fan of obviously I love Pac uh, I'm still a fan of Orange Cassidy as well I just I really think that in the long run he needs to change his character up just a bit tweak mm. it like you said so that he's allowed to wrestle 30 minutes straight um, 
Anyway, it was a big win for Pac. I'm really happy for Pac. I hope they start. I don't know what they're going to use him for anymore. I don't know if it was a big win per se. Um, no. Pac is a guy who, again, has already faced Moxley. He's already faced some of the biggest stars Kenny in AEW. Hangman. Hangman, and... Omega. Yeah. So, um, I'm interested to see what they do with Pac because I've said since the start of AEW that he should be a title contender. And I thought they were going to make him one. And then it just seems like he's slowly going back to the middle cards. Yeah. Well, I think what happened was you had to choose a guy to hold the title. Chris Jericho was the uh, right choice. Probably the easy choice. It worked. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. I, like, now you what, got Mox. There. Yeah, like what they've done with the championship makes sense. Yeah, and you can easily have Pac versus Mox. But obviously, you know, Pac's not going to beat Mox. No yeah. one's going to beat Mox for the foreseeable future. He's yeah. Mox is probably going to hold that belt probably, I would say, longer than Jericho. Hold oh, yeah. on to it. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, who knows? Um, Which we can, I guess we can get into that match right off the bat right now. Yeah, so let's get, let's get into the main event. John Moxley, Chris Jericho. Yeah, no pins, no disqualifications, um, no submissions, just a rubber match. That's what I'm going to dub this one. Mm, yeah. Uh, referee, refereeing Audrey Edwards was a little inconsistent. Last night. Um, oh, she, we forgot to mention that during the Cody, the, the Cody match. Without, yeah. She was also the ref for that? No, she wasn't. I think she was. Yeah, she was because she was all up in. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Sorry, Jericho I'm thinking of Moxie Jericho. Yeah, that yeah. was where they went uh, into the stands, right? Yeah. Well, she didn't count them out. She, yeah, yeah. And sorry. she wouldn't count them out when they went into the stands, and then. Um, like literally ten minutes later, the match started counting them out. <laughs> she started. Yeah, ten minutes later, Jericho was also she started counting. I was like, "You're gonna count now." Mind you, too, like, at this point, we're a couple of drinks deep into this yeah. pay-per-view event. So I'm thinking, I'm confused as all hell. Like, hold on. They just went hardcore. They're out They're out of the ring for what looks like to be five to ten minutes. And then all of a sudden, like, 15 minutes later, she starts counting, uh, I think it was Moxley or Jerry. I can't remember which, but she started yeah. counting them out. I was like, oh, what is going on here? Yeah. It, was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was all in all a good match. Good back and forth, uh, constant fighting. I mean, Guevara interfered. Interfered. Jack Hager did Jake, interfere. Yeah, he came Jake, out. Yeah, um, Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. Um, also interfering. Um, the one thing that we didn't get, and this was at the end of the match, it was revealed that Jer- um, Moxley's eye was actually okay. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to wrestle that match with your eye? Both eyes intact, or what? Uh, what did that yeah, reveal? Really? Yeah, it didn't didn't make any sense. And there was blood <laughs> gushing out of that side of his eye patch too. Yeah, like, there was one point in the match where you saw him flicking his yeah, so eye patch. Yeah, some blood. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I still don't know if the blood was real or fake because I did see a pretty big gash above his eye. Yeah. But I did see him flicking that <laughs> that eye patch to get so some. I, yeah, I thought maybe the blood was fake coming out of the eye patch, but I'm really, I'm not sure at this point. Um, but oh, you know, besides that nitpicking, good match. It was a good match. Um, because Jericho has held that belt for a long time. He's kept the company on his shoulders for a long time. Yes, so yes. you know, big ups to him. Uh, it was a great storyline for three months where we saw Jericho offered. John Moxley membership into the inner circle, John Moxley grace, gracefully accepting, and then within five minutes saying that Chris, I was just joking. Yeah. You have nothing that I want besides this title. Except for that. 
And then he sugar glasses. And <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 whoa. There is no proof to say that that was sugar glass. Do not break kayfabe. <laughs> right, right. Uh, then goes on a beating spree, like, steals the Ford GT. That's right. Uh, does a lot of rebellious things and yeah. basically you know, does what John Moxley does. He does. So John won the belt. We weren't sure exactly uh, that that belt was ready to leave hands, it mm-hmm. being a new company and all, mm-hmm. but uh, I guess it's time. And John deserved the belt. I guess it's the best way because John is basically undefeated yeah, in AEW right. yeah. and there's no one really who can stand up to him. Probably uh, guys like only Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes yeah. are the only guys maybe that could do it. Yeah, I agree. Arguably. Um, John Moxley looks unbeatable at this point. Um, he looks really, really solid. I agree with you. I, I don't know who's going to come and really challenge him for that belt. I think Omega would be the guy I would choose. If I had to just point blank choose somebody, yep. Omega would be that guy. Uh, Cody Rhodes could do it, but I feel like his feud with MJF has put him just under the tier, especially with all the losses. Yeah, It's just put him just under the tier of guys like Moxley. And well, I was Jericho hoping and, and that Jake Omega. Hager would have done well, looked very dominant, and then he could have just given D- I don't know John what it Moxley. is with Jake Hager. He's no, no, I'm just saying. boring. Yeah, he is boring. I didn't. Th- I didn't expect that of him. I was hoping that he wouldn't be that boring. He'd be dominant. Did you then he not could just fight. That of him, though. Yeah, but what did he do in the WWE that made you think otherwise? No, it's just you're a bigger guy here. You're gonna. It's gonna be easier to suplex guys. It's gonna be easier to be dominant. You're six foot eight. You're extremely heavy. You're 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 one of the bigger guys. It's so it true, shouldn't have been that hard. But right? leading up to this match, that's what he played. And even when he was playing the bigger guy than Forcer, he still kind of just seemed. Yeah. Boring. Like, well, my point was here's here's my thing too. Like, Wardle looks like a better, bigger guy, and Wardlow's not even that big of a guy. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. No, well, again, you're gonna probably have to continue this inner circle and John Moxley feud, and the only guy that can really do it, arguably, would be Jake Hager. There's no one else in that squad that could do it, right? Yeah, so, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, and that way, you give John the easy win. Who, who knows though? We're writing Jericho off. Maybe he comes back. He's gonna have to come back. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think let, so let's for see that what rematch. Happens, but, uh, good match. Good match, and finally it's time. Like we all knew, John Moxley was gonna be a champion. Yeah, it was just a matter of time. Exactly, and I think he's still the U.S. champion in New Japan. So now he's dual titles in two organizations. I'm excited for John Moxley's uh, future. Um, I was a little uh, dumbfounded by his post-match speech there. Obviously, he was winging it, but uh, yeah. I don't didn't think know. he did a great job with it. No. But who knows? Maybe the adrenaline and everything. Yeah, well, that's what it was. He was just saying, it and was a lot of people liked and... it, right? A lot of people liked the the fact that it was off the cuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. For I just sure. thought it was a little, uh, little. It was a little unscripted. Which yeah, a little odd. Definitely like, was. Especially with John Boxley because he was thanking everybody, thanking yeah. all the fans. Yeah. And I was like, it's like oh, because of you. you. Yeah, this, I was like, no, John Boxley, this is not you, man. <laughs> no. Uh, but I get it. There was a, a bit of real post-speech from him. Yeah. So that's cool. It was uh, a good pay-per-view all in so all. So all in all, excellent pay-per-view. Great pay-per-view. Um, we thought it was a little long, but I think uh, with any wrestling pay-per-view it, it, it is yeah. gonna, it is long there's no way of hiding well, that. also when you have three months of build-up that's right you know it's gonna be what it is um but so. they, they did an amazing job uh kudos to aew we've been saying for a long time that they've been a bit slow since the start of the year yeah. but uh that that's pay-per-view event was really really well, good the pay-per-view was good the dynamite leading up to it was good and the dynamite leading up to that one where uh, cody faced warlope in the cage was also good so 
They had a really good uh, lead up to the pay-per-view event, which they killed. Now, let's get to the opposite end of the spectrum. WWE Super Showdown. Wow. Terrible. Wow. I mean, we know that Saudi matches, unless Saudi matches, but Saudi events strange as it are is. strange as it is but this could quite possibly be one if not the worst you know pay-per-view that i've ever i didn't even watch it i just saw like clips of it and, and you I, didn't need to watch and it. i was still annoyed yeah first of all okay let's talk about the 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 match with Undertaker's unexpected. What was that? What is that gauntlet. officially called? A gauntlet, gauntlet match. Gauntlet match. So basically, you go one on one. Winner stays. Someone and else comes. Gets eliminated, right? And yeah, it keeps yeah, going yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. the last entrant for that, it was for some kind of trophy in Saudi Arabia, um, to some uh, referring to some predominant frig- figure yep. in their culture or, or whatnot. But anyways, AJ Styles makes it to the final round. And none other than Undertaker shows up. Yeah. And then Undertaker proceeds to beat him in, what, 20 seconds? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Wins the trophy and everything. Come on. Yeah. Okay, first of all, this is bad. But what made it worse was this wasn't the only match that ended in this specific formula. Yeah. So if you had this match only that ended in this formula, all right, I get it. Yeah. You're going to have one of these matches every pay-per-view. That makes sense. But then we go on to Brock Lesnar and Ricochet. Yeah, same formula. Same freaking formula. And we know Ricochet can go. Yeah. We know he can wrestle. Even with bigger guys, we know he can have good matches. They squashed him. And they squashed him. And Brock is a guy who can go with the smaller guys. Yeah. We've seen him go with AJ, AJ Styles. Yeah. You know, We've seen him go with some of the smaller guys. Yeah. And Ricochet would have been a perfect candidate to like wrestle with. And again, squashed. And that was, I think, two or three minutes, something like that. And then you go to freaking Goldberg and The Fiend. And this is where we have our biggest gripe because I think we we both say that The Fiend was a good character. Yep. The Fiend was a good character. We liked the way that he was dominating guys. We liked the way that he was taking 10 curb stomps and getting up. Um, The only thing we didn't like was his red light, but they fixed that. No more red light. We're good. And what do they do? They squished the character in, what, two minutes? Yeah, probably something like two minutes. It is on, and off a terrible jackhammer. With the title on, on the, the line. line. Yeah. They literally switch hands for the title. And usually that's for Build a big thing, and, yeah. a big occasion. It was not. Goldberg comes in, again, like you said, terrible jackhammer in. And wins the title, and I'm just like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, you build Bray up only to squish him. And and that, you build Bray up for like six, seven, eight, nine months, ten months, only to destroy him in all of three minutes in the Middle East. Doesn't make any sense to me. And the worst part was the following night on SmackDown, John Cena comes back, mm. and then Bray shows up behind him and points to the WrestleMania sign, which is totally. As- out of character. As if that's something the Fiend would do. Yeah. If he came out and just put the mandible claw on, on John Cena, yeah. I would have been hyped. Like, let me, I would have been hyped. Let me get this straight. In WWE, you, you lose a belt. You have a rematch clause. So you're telling me that the Fiend is more interested in facing the part-time employee John Cena 
Then he de- then he has for, oh, the time has passed us, Goldberg, for a rematch for your belt. That's, and and, and makes here's perfect the thing, sense. like, they could erase everything from Super Showdown, like with Goldberg and The Fiend. If The Fiend came out and beat the crap out of John Cena, then I would have been hyped for the John Cena match. I would have forgotten the fact that The Fiend lost the title to Goldberg in one of the worst, you know, pay-per-view events of all time. But then he points to the the, the sign. And we know that John Cena puts people over. And we know, like, I'm not obviously 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that The Fiend will win against John Cena Mania. John Cena's that kind of guy. He's a good dude. Um, but how do you build the matchup with the fiend coming up, pointing at the sign? Yeah, it's terrible. What is he, Charlotte? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. It's pretty bad. Goldberg's gonna fight Roman Reigns. It looks like at WrestleMania, which is a good match, but didn't need you didn't need the belt. You didn't need the belt to make that a good match. Um, Cena versus Bray for the belt would have been good just because of that added mix of the belt, making Cena possibly. The 17-time champion, which would have added a lot more suspense right. to the match. We're already guessing that John Cena's going to uh He's close lose. to retirement, too, right? Yeah, he is close to retirement. Well, it's, it's, I think it's going to happen. I think they will give him the belt to be the 17-time, but it's just a matter of when, yeah, not if. But it, it still would add some suspense because John Cena's always in the mix because he's a, he's a wrestling guy first, I think. Yeah, um, he's really big on WWE. Well, he's and, very similar to The Rock, right? The Rock yeah. comes back even after making forty million dollars with Fast yeah. and Furious. You know, yeah. he'll come back to do an event here and there. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Just they did terrible. everything wrong. wrong. They did everything wrong. wrong. They had chances to correct their mistakes, yeah. and they didn't do it. And I'm just so. And that's you know what? That's about all the time we'll give WWE because that's all they deserve at this yeah. point. That was a terrible pay-per-view. Yeah. Terrible way to, to, to lead up to John Cena versus... The well, it team. seems like all the Saudi events are terrible, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Terrible way to lead up to Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Like, all of it was just bad. Yeah, it was bad. From start yeah. to finish. And then what do you do with Ricochet now? Yeah. Who was a guy who I legitimately thought could have been a contender. That guy is basically... He's kind of like Pac. Yeah, basically. Small yeah. guy, but they can go. And they, they physically look good. I mean, they're small, but they look good. They yeah. got that Rey Mysterio build where, like, it's, it wouldn't be unheard of if they were a title contender. And they just squashed him and squashed him badly. Yeah. So, is what it is. I think that's it for wrestling this week. But uh, WWE let down. AW was spectacular. Not really surprising, but at the same time, come on, WWE. Get your, get your stuff together. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of basketball before we end off this podcast. But a um, mm-hmm. couple of things happened. Um, let's talk about the Raptors because uh, we, you know, we got to talk about the Raptors every week. Uh, they lost to Charlotte's uh, the other day in a rubber match. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. I I know we talked about it yesterday. But it's okay. It, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, we've been we we've had a great year in uh, twenty twenty so far. We obviously had a great year in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose occasionally to people who we shouldn't lose to. That's right. We just had a great run. We had a great winning streak. Went to the All-Star break strong. Came out of the All-Star break strong. Uh, we met Giannis, who completely obliterated us. But uh, to be fair, we're Milwaukee's... Still, we're not healthy either. Too. No, we're not healthy. And also, Milwaukee's just on a roll right now. And that's how things are going to be in the East for a little while, at least until next year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing fine. We're in second place. I don't see anyone else challenging us for that second spot. I really don't. Boston's look pretty good. Boston, you're right. Boston does look pretty good. But I, uh, okay, fine. 
I don't see anyone. I don't see anyone third and below really. That that's fair. Bothering us. Yeah, Miami has not looked good. In well, the last... Jimmy Butler hasn't been very clutch for them. There's a lot of stats coming out about Jimmy Butler. He's not able to shoot the three at a high percentage. Uh, he's not able to hit clutch shot at any percentage. It looks like it's like something like lower than ten percent. I think it was like one of something. Yeah, I'm not blaming Jimmy Butler. It's just uh, it's yeah. That's it. Seems like it sort of fizzled. The heat fizzled out. No pun intended. Yeah, or maybe pun intended. Um, but uh, I mean, they can still be deadly in the playoffs, uh, definitely. But then, uh, if we're talking about in terms of regular season, us losing to Charlotte is probably minuscule uh, as compared to. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I and you like I said yesterday, Charlotte seems to have our number. Jeremy Lamb has made us look like fools the, yeah. the last uh, year. Um, so Don't. Charlotte, you know, maybe they're just one of those teams we lose to. Not a big deal. It's not like we're gonna have to face them in the playoffs, anyways. No, we're fine. We just want to get healthy again. I think people underestimate how good we are with Marc Gasol, uh, Norman Powell, uh, uh, and uh, anyone else who's. Yeah, I mean, Serge is a little injured right now. Too. Yeah, yeah. Again, so. we got Norman Powell back, but then Van Vliet was off. So like, we just have not been healthy. If it's not one guy, it's the other. Um, and maybe that's just the Raptors' plan. I feel like that's what the Clippers are doing right now, just constantly sitting people. So teams are guessing as to how they will be in the playoffs. Mm. Maybe the Raptors are trying to do something similar, where and that's what we did last year too. To be quite honest, yeah. we just sat guys, and no one really knew what a full strength Raptors was. Until they saw them in the playoffs, and we saw what happened. Um, there obviously there was news that Steph Curry will not be back today. Uh, that we were hoping we'd get him back today. Uh, it seems like he's going to be out another three games, so Thursday the earliest. Um, uh, not too surprising. Um, I think the only surprising thing was the fact that they were touting that Steph Curry would actually be back. But in my mind, if you're Golden State, like, there's no rush. There's no rush. Yeah. Well, Steve Kerr said that you wanted to get him in a little more scrimmages. Um, there is no rush to get him back. You're last place or second last, whatever. Yep. You're uh, vying for a draft pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the re- any other team would bench him for the year. Every, any other team would sit him out for the year. Uh, but obviously, Steph Curry wants to play. And I'm sure part of the reason they're bringing him back is the fact that Steph Curry wants to play. Yeah. So let's see what happens. They've already, uh, like you said, um, They've already said that Clay won't be back this year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's no reason to bring him back. But obviously, fantasy wise, we need Steph Curry as yeah. soon as possible. We got one week left to the playoffs. And we're right out of and the last we, spot. And we were just out of the sixth spot to make the playoffs. So, uh, it would have been really nice to have him back today. It is what it is. Um, Steph Curry, I will say though, I, I do miss Steph Curry. Yeah. I miss seeing him play. I miss like we're seeing a little bit of what he did in Trey Young, yeah. but I still miss Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, uh, th- yeah. It's good to see that he wants to get back out there, and I think the part of the reason is that he doesn't want to miss an entire season without experiencing some of the new NBA. Um, we've seen great jump in three point shooting, yeah, this season particularly, and I think we will probably see it foreseeably in the future. Um, so uh, I know he didn't leave on the best notes. His stats, they were good, for sure, but they weren't Steph Curry good. So he probably just wants to get out there and get a feel for it before he, you know. Well, the thing about Steph Curry, too, is one of his biggest skill sets is opening the floor up to other mm-hmm. people. But when you don't have Clay Thompson with him, yeah, um, and he's never played with D'Angelo Russell at the start of the year, you know. So um, I just don't think he had guys to open the floor up for. So he was constantly getting double-teamed, triple-teamed, and 
so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So he does. He's one of those players that needs other good players around him. Yeah. Um, not because he's not good enough to play on his own, but just because that's his style of play. Is he's so good that he makes open shots for deadly snipers like Clay Thompson, and for guys like um, Draymond Green to finish. You know. So uh, let's see what happens when the, that trio is back together. Yeah. Um, and again, they're still in their early thirties. I think Steph Curry's like 32, 31, 32. Something like that. So they're still young and they still got a lot of Curry's our age. Uh, 88 born. So he's, oh, so he's turning 32 this year. Yeah. Yeah. So he's still got, he's still got at least two. Yeah. He's still got years. a couple of years left in his prime. Yeah. Uh, Clay Thompson's probably younger than that. And the same with uh, Draymond. So I think they, we've got a couple of years of this dynasty left, but the only thing is the other teams have obviously um, loaded up. You got the Clippers. Now you got the Lakers. Yeah. They're okay. If they get a good draft pick, which they could, if they get a top three draft pick, there is a center that uh, can shoot threes and just be a monster on the rebounding and blocking end. So if they can get that guy, I forget his name, um, they'll be in good company for the start of next season, I think. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not too worried about the Golden State Warriors. It'll be exciting to see those guys get back. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that, they have Wiggins now too, let's not forget. So. Yeah, who is going to be like their Yeah, Harrison so the Barnes. trio plus Wiggins, yeah. that's, that's a pretty good lineup. Yeah. Um, in other, I guess, moving on from that, Houston's been looking really good. Yes, they have. Um, I have Westbrook on my fantasy team. This guy's been beasting. And somebody who people do not seem to mention in the MVP race, but he deserves to be up there in the MVP race. Yep, he's making a very strong argument. He's shooting something like, I think it's either 57 to 60% from the field the last three to four weeks, yep. possibly anywhere between that range. Um, he's hitting his stride. He's really working really well with this Houston team. This is exactly the change that he needed. Um, as well, Houston gathering of Capella was a great move. As a well, this small ball working. It's working. Yeah. Well, we're, well, Robert Covington's a big reason yeah. why it's working. Yeah. yeah. Um, they just they're hustling a lot harder. Their defense is great. He's getting something like I don't know. He's averaging like three blocks the last four, I don't know, six, seven games, that's and that's right. something that Capella was unable to do during his tenure with the Rockets. So um, Houston's doing really well. They might surprise. They just faced Boston, who was also on a hot streak last night, and they went to a thrilling OT victory over Boston, who's, you know, red hot as well right now. Now Um, you have Harden on your fantasy team. He seems to be a little bit on and off in the last couple of weeks. Well, he wasn't great in January. He's been he's struggling with his shot. He was good yesterday, and he's he's been. Was he good yesterday? He was good yesterday. I think he still hit thirty points yesterday. I think four, five, three pointers, and but on what so shooting forth. percentage? Because I don't think he shot too well yesterday. I think Boston uh, did a good job of playing defense on him. I may be wrong though because we were watching AEW, but maybe yeah. you can pull up those stats. We'll have a look at that. But um, I don't know what's going on with Harden. I feel like obviously he had such a hot start to the season. I think he's just taking a back seat right now. Um, letting the guys play, and uh, I don't know. It's working, if you ask me. Uh, probably he is being double team and triple team because he was going off at the beginning of the season, but he seemed to have slowed down a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, he shot 29% yesterday. Oh, he didn't do great yesterday. Four three-pointers, 21, four, and eight with three steals, which is not bad. Yeah, he only shot three free throws. He shot. He put up twenty four shots, but just missed everything. It looks like so. Yeah, I'm not really. Yeah, so I'm not really sure what's going on with Harden. Uh, hopefully, he gets back to form when when the playoffs start because uh, 
Houston's an exciting team, and I would love for them to win the title if it's not going to be the Raptors. So, um, yeah, let's see what they can do. Uh, one of the interesting discussions we've had all week, and I think we'll talk about it on the podcast right now, is most improved player. I think we've talked about it briefly in the past, but it just seems like there's so many candidates. Obviously, mm-hmm. the I, I, I agree with you. I think the leading candidate right now is Brandon Ingram. Everyone's talking about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my mind, I don't even think he's a top two candidate. For me, I would choose, and we've talked about this, uh, if you're going on stats alone, Devontae Graham, no doubt. Mm-hmm. This guy went from three points last year to whatever he's at, 20-something. Yeah, he's uh, he beasts to know. He went, yeah, I think he averaged like very, very few points last year. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, he's averaged four points, one rebound, through two assists. He's now at three three pointers, seventeen points, four rebounds, almost eight assists, almost a steal. So he's doing really well, and I get it. He's playing on Charlotte, and he's got the you know the open you know he's got the okay to to shoot whatever he wants. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think his shooting is exactly that good. I think he's like mid thirty percent. Uh, so obviously he's not shooting. Yeah, he's not yeah. shooting too he's well. Not shooting great, yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you're talking stat wise, you got to go Devontae Graham. But in my mind, if you're taking a little bit of the story, you're taking a little bit of the storyline, and you're taking a little bit of the stats. Bam Adebayo is the guy that I would choose as MIP because not only is he on a good team in Miami, but his stats have actually dramatically improved from last year, and mm-hmm. and, and he w- he was an All Star this year. Is that is that right? Bam. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was an All Star yeah. this year, so that's a pretty big jump. So I think he has a little bit of that story that Ingram has. He has a little bit of stats that uh, Devonte Graham has, and for me, he's my pick of most improved. Yeah, he's good. I mean, Whiteside could be put up there too. He's doing really well, but Portland's not doing very great. No. Um, I think yeah, Luka Doncic could definitely be in that argument. Oh, we talked about Trey this. Young yeah, Trey Young argument. and Doncic, guys. And again, who, I'm going to go with Siakam could also still be in that argument. Well, too. if you're going Siakam, then you could say Tatum as well. Yeah, you could Tatum, say Jason yeah. Tatum. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of guys. I think, again, my front runner, I would go uh, – I, I have to go stat first. I got to yeah. go Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham, yeah. And then I, I go Bam, and then I go Ingram. And yeah. then you got, again, all guys. those guys – uh, so it's very interesting to see. Uh, that said, it seems like everybody is saying Brandon Ingram is the, the front runner. And, and in my mind, the problem I have with Brandon Ingram was that he was averaging 20 plus points last year. Mm. So he's done better this year for sure, but he was doing well last year as well. Was, and we got to yeah. remember at the end of last season, like the last 20 games or so, he was killing it, doing yeah. really well last year. Yeah. Uh, at the end of last year, so it's uh, just the headlines are on him, yeah, yeah, and whatnot because he's from LA, so yeah, and, and I get it. He has a case, but in my mind, he doesn't have the strongest case. No, um, so it'll be interesting to see what MIP, you know, who comes out as the MIP. But um, let's see what happens. Uh, but that was an interesting topic. Uh, again, you can go any which way, but bam for me. Who do you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with Devonte. Oh, sorry, Devonte Graham for me. Uh, then, uh, then bam. Yeah, uh, I go Devonte. Um, I'm gonna go Devonte and probably Whiteside. Whiteside? Yeah, which is probably not the probably favorable pick. No. I just oh. think he's 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 just a monster. I think he's shooting like fifty eight percent, maybe sixty percent from the field. Yeah. So he's just he's monstering out. Um, he he went from being black sheeped in Miami, 
you know, to a real deal in Portland, although he's not really helping them win. So that also says a lot. But if we're taking out the factor of being part of a winning culture, a winning team, which I think we do sort of because we we both agree that Devontae Graham's Graham, yeah. stats are just there. I gotta, I'll gotta, i put him in there. All um, right. Bam is good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Bam is just a white side. For me, which is a terrible thing to say, is this a white side cutout? I think they're the same player. Is this that Bam... You know, don't forget he's playing like with Jimmy Butler one. this year, though. Yeah, he is playing, and with he Jimmy still imp- improved dramatically. So yeah, uh, and they're winning. So you know, yeah. I think he's got everything. Up, like the story's there, the yeah. stats are there. I think he's got a good case. But Devontae Graham just had the most dramatic increase. increase like, yeah, like five times. His exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, most improved player will be interesting. Uh, and just quickly before we end off this podcast, rookie of the year, who do you got? Rookie is Ja. Yeah, agreed. A lot of people talking about Zion, but he just hasn't played enough games. Yeah. New Orleans isn't in even playoffs. Zion has done great things already in his first 10 or whatever games, putting up 20 points, which no one has really done. Yeah, he's doing some remarkable things, but John Morant is yeah, sitting winning. in eighth place yeah. over Portland, over San Antonio, over New Orleans. You know, like a lot of good teams that uh, they're ahead of. So, yeah. Um, so that's basically the podcast for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. Unfortunately for today, we got some, uh, plans to, to, uh, get to, uh, so we'll have to cut the podcast short, but, uh, as always, it's been fun. You've been listening to the Russell Ball podcast. Mark, you got anything you want to say? Um, what I will say is spring is coming. The outlook is good. I know in Toronto, it's been a brutal, not really a bad winter, but. Uh, the past few days have been pretty bad, so really looking forward to spring, seeing what this city can done. And uh, yeah, so we'll catch you guys next week, guys. Enjoy the week. We'll see you uh, on the next episode of the Rust Ball Podcast. Take care.